Welcome back to the second episode of Above the Line with PL, the Personalized Learning Monthly Podcast, where we are sharing advice to make tech relevant. I'm Kelly Regan, one of your hosts for Above the Line, and I'm joined by... I'm Chris Turnbull, a Personalized Learning Specialist. Along with... I'm Matthew Silva, another Personalized Learning Specialist. And we're streaming from the PL office here at East M Middle School. We're here to communicate PL happenings throughout the district, including what's new, tips and tricks, professional learning opportunities, and some staff highlights. Our hope is to provide an easy way to access these updates. You can listen in the car, the shower, play it in your classroom while you're prepping for your day, or any other place you normally listen to podcasts. So we're going to start with news and noteworthy. One of the things that we'll start with is iPad OS 13. Some of the features and things that we should share with all of you is the new dark mode. To turn on dark mode on your iPad, you're going to um, go to your settings, turn on or tap on display and brightness and choose to go to dark mode and you will see that your screen will look drastically different in dark mode. Another thing you can do with iPad OS 13 is you can copy and paste with a new gesture. So you'll select an image or text passage and then you'll pinch with three fingers to copy that. To paste it somewhere else, you'll just pinch to open the three fingers and it will paste. Pretty cool. Also, you can type with one hand. You can pinch the keyboard to shrink it and then swipe or tap to type. Pinch open to use the larger keyboard again. So the swipe typing is a big hit. Especially on the iPad screen when you're trying to hold it with just two hands and not have it sit on a table. I love this feature. That's really cool. If you made a mistake, you can swipe to undo. You can swipe left with three fingers. To redo, swipe right with three fingers. You can also connect to an external drive. To work with files on an external drive, you can connect your iPad, open files, tap the drive in the sidebar. When you're done, just remove the drive as long as the drive has a lightning connector. Kelly, wasn't there an update with Safari on the iPad? There was. In Safari now, it can be considered a desktop class browser on the iPad, meaning you can access content as if you were on your laptop. So if I have Safari open, I can just tap on the address bar and, and the big A, little a, and I can request desktop website. I also can get to reader view that same way. It just looks a little different. Now I just tap on show reader view where I can adjust the size of the font and the size of the text that I see in the screen. I really love using that reader view to transform web pages that are super busy to be a nice clean format. I do too. It gets rid of all that noise, that background information, the things where you want to tap here or go here. It really cleans it up and, and really focuses you on what you want to focus on, which is the content. I also heard that I can use Google Drive in its full form in Safari without having to go to the app, right? That's right. Yeah, which is great. So you have more functionality than you did within the app. One of the things that you can do that you may have been missing on the iPad is the ability to add videos back into Google Slides now. Also in iPad OS 13, you'll see that accessibility features look a little different. They have their own section or callout built right within the settings app. And I guess one last thing I'll share about iPad OS 13 is that you can see all of the new features in the tips app. So you'll see that tips app on your iPad, or you could use an Apple ID to get that from the App Store if you don't see it there. So check them out. They're pretty awesome and a, a little bit of look and feel change, but a lot of functionality change. 
Awesome. Thank you, Kelly, for sharing all those cool updates. There's a few new things to share in Seesaw as well. One of the new features that's really great in Seesaw is the ability to add multiple pages to Seesaw posts. So if you're doing an activity with students where they need to capture information at different stages in a process, they can now add multiple pages and record audio on each of those pages as well as draw on those pages too. Awesome. Something else that's new in Seesaw is the new look for the creative tools. So that when teachers or students go in to post activities, there's now a new look when they're choosing the tools. And when you're in the drawing tools, you'll now see some new pins, including the super popular glow pen. So give that a try, as well as being able to add shapes and different backgrounds to the pages. That sounds awfully fancy. A glow pen? I would love to play around with that. Not going to lie, when I saw those first new tools, I thought they looked much cleaner, but I was a little confused, so maybe spend some time getting used to the new look. Some other new resources that we have in the district for third through fifth grade teachers, you'll have access soon to WordStarWay online digital word sorts. So you'll be receiving some login information from the literacy team on how to log in, but your students will be able to do a lot of, lo of word sort activities digitally on their iPads now that they may have done with little cards before. Awesome. Our teachers are going to love that. I think so too. Now you won't be missing any little cards or tiles that have gotten lost or put back in the wrong baggie. So this will be really cool. And I would imagine since it's right from Words Their Way, all the content will be updated? I think so. That's awesome. For kindergarten through second grade teachers, you can access some Foundus and Pinnell phonics activities for your students by going to the literacy team's master table of contents and linking off to those Foundus and Pinnell resources. And finally, for our middle school teachers or schools that have middle school grades for everyone at those schools, we have a resource, Nucella, available for you. Um, and we did have a debate on how we should pronounce this as News ELA or Newzella. So we consulted their website to find out. Kelly, what did you find out? Okay, so we found out it's Newzella, kind of like Nutella. So just remember, sounds like Nutella, it's Newzella, not just for ELA teachers. And this is an awesome resource that gives you lots of fresh articles on many different topics at a variety of different reading levels. So all of your students can be successful in accessing the content on these websites. Uh, again, access information for Newzella will be coming to you from the literacy team soon. And that's our section on new and noteworthy for this month. And Tech Services has approved the iPad OS update. So go ahead, update. Update your iPad. Have your students update. Please. Our next section is tips and tricks. Matthew, can you lead us through some of the tips and tricks that we want to share this month? Yeah, we have a few handy tips for you uh, in navigating around your iPad specifically. So the first one I'm going to talk about is screen recording. Screen recording, kind of like screen casting you would do on your MacBook, can be done on the iPad. It's been available for uh, almost two years now, I think. Uh, and you actually find it in your control center. So your control center is what you get when you swipe from the upper right corner of your screen. And to customize that, you head over to settings, find control center in the menu options, and go ahead and customize those controls. So that's where you'll find being able to add screen recording. 
So when you're ready to do any sort of screen recording on your iPad, you just swipe down from the upper right corner, tap on the concentric circles you'll find, and then get ready to record. I will warn you, you'll have to turn on the microphone before you start recording. So do a long press on that icon to get the microphone turned on. Hey Matthew, do I have to do that every time I screen record? Do I have to check the microphone? I always recommend checking because it does shut the microphone off after not using it for a while. And I don't know what that a while is, how long that is, but I always check my microphone before recording. Good tip. Another one is taking screenshots on your iPad. So. A lot of us are familiar with the way in which we do that. We hold down the home button and the power button at the same time. Just press and release both of those at the same time. It'll take a screenshot on your iPad. If you have that Logitech keyboard attached, you'll also notice a camera button in the top row. You can tap that to take a screenshot. And one of the cool new updates with that is that you can have the screen size, which is what a normal screenshot is, exactly what you're looking at on the screen. Uh, but the new one, if you notice at the top, after taking a screenshot, it'll say full si or full page. And what that does is if you're looking at a website or something that has content beyond what you see on your screen, it will actually let you look at all of that in one image. It's a pretty sweet update. And then you can use the markup tools in addition to mark up that image. Yeah, so if you're a student that's looking to do that, you can use that to highlight, circle, you can do any sort of your uh, text interaction, so that's pretty sweet. Lots of classroom applications for that. Um, Matthew, what about dictation? I think a lot of teachers have heard of dictation. Can you tell us what that is and how would you enable that? Yeah, dictation is an awesome tool that you can use. It's built right in on the iPad, and it is usually not turned on by default. So what it allows you to do is tap a microphone and start speaking and it will start predictive text uh, typing out what you're saying. You'll have to add in your periods and your commas uh, just using that word, period, comma, uh, next line, and it will fully type for you. So to turn that on, you head over to settings again. In the general settings, you'll find the keyboard, and at the very bottom of that menu, you'll see the toggle for enable dictation. You might want to turn it on today. I think this is really a game changer in the classroom for students who are emergent readers and don't know how to uh, spell words or write yet and they get confused by that, or by students who really struggle to, to write um, because the process of capturing their thoughts and getting started with writing is overwhelming for them. So just being able to talk through their thoughts and have the iPad capturing that for them and writing it out for them to go back and edit later, I think really eases that process of writing. I agree, Chris. I think it opens a lot of doors for some of our students. So another thing that I think that teachers generally tend to shy away from is the emoji keyboard. Oh, I love emojis! They're awesome. Matthew, can you tell us maybe, first of all, how you access the emoji keyboard and why you love emojis so much? So the emoji keyboard will actually show up at the bottom of the screen next to the microphone for dictation. Uh, you will see a little globe down there or a smiley face. It depends on what screen you're on. When you tap that, it opens up that wonderful menu of hundreds of emojis. This is a great way for students to be able to capture feelings, uh, little pictures for directions, uh, just another way to kind of brighten up what they're working on and add a level of uh, engagement for their audience. Yeah, and it's a great social-emotional connection, like you said. So. One of the things you could think about doing would be having students assess themselves on what type of day it was, you know, whether it was a smiley face day or, 
kind of in the middle or really wasn't the best day. So you can use emojis to describe feelings. You can use emojis for a lot of expression. And so just remembering that the emoji keyboard is available anywhere that you can use your normal keyboard. If you're typing out words, you can type out emojis as well. Hey, what about uh, professional development opportunities that are upcoming in SPPS? Yeah, so we have a lot of great things that are underway already. We have a couple of cohorts of iLearn that are getting started up. Uh, but we do still have some opportunities if you're looking for some self-paced options. So Personalized Learning has quite a few uh, one-hour trainings on Schoology that you can go ahead and walk through all that content on your own, do a little bit of creation and prove that you have uh, captured that new learning, and then you can get one uh, clock hour for that. So check out those codes on our Above the Line landing page. You can enroll in those Schoology courses today. Another one that we want to highlight is Apple Teacher. Apple Teacher, I think we talked about last uh, month, but you get to that by appleteacher.apple.com and it'll walk you through all the different Apple tools uh, available on your iPad, or if you're interested, you can get to them for your Mac as well. And then the last one I'm going to highlight is Schoology 101. We have an elementary version and a secondary version. So if you are new to the district or just getting started up in Schoology, those are two great options to check out. And just a little note that if you do your Apple Teacher certification, not only will you earn those awesome Apple Teacher badges, but you'll also be able to get 16 hours of professional development credit and an awesome sticker. It is a pretty awesome sticker. All free? All free. Wow, that's awesome. Anytime, anywhere learning, right? As long as you have an internet connection. And all in bite-sized pieces, so there's just the right amount. So I want to call out um, a couple of schools here, and these schools are have been recognized by Apple for innovatively and creatively using technology in their in their work. And so there were four schools in St. Paul that have recently been awarded the Apple Distinguished Schools recognition. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Horseman School. Woohoo! Jay Ming, Mandarin Immersion. Woohoo! Randolph Heights Elementary. Woohoo! And Frost Lake Elementary. All right, those four schools have been recognized by Apple as Apple Dis Distinguished Schools. This is a worldwide recognition. We are so proud of the school and just happy to be able to announce that to all of you. So when you see teachers or staff or students from those schools, um, just tell them that they're doing great work. They got to that Apple Distinguished School recognition by a pretty rigorous application process. And we also just want to call out that out of the four schools that applied in St. Paul, all four received that recognition. So it's pretty honorable. Our next section here today is our teacher highlight section. So we have Amanda Madsen, Martin Odima, and Kelly Jensen from Frost Lake who are going to lead us in their teacher highlight section for this month. Hi, I'm Kelly Jensen, a fifth grade teacher. I'm Martin Odima, a special education teacher. And I'm Amanda Madsen, a literacy coach. We, we all use Flipgrid to amplify voice and choice in learning at Frost Lake Elementary. Elementary. Hey Kelly, what's Flipgrid? Flipgrid is a social learning platform that allows educators to ask a question. Then the students respond in a video and it's free for all educators. Teachers create grids and then add topics. Students are then able to respond to one another, creating a web of discussion, and teachers can provide feedback on videos. We use Flipgrid because it's engaging. It gives us different ways to interact with peers, colleagues, and content, 
as well as connects and supports learning opportunities between and beyond content areas. Flipgrid provides opportunities that don't otherwise exist. It breaks down barriers of our classrooms and geography and allows us to interact with other classrooms and educators. We learn from other areas across the United States and throughout the world using grid sharing and grid pals. Flipgrid can be easy to set up at a professional development level and classroom level, and content can be shared easily between staff. Hi, I'm Kelly Jensen, a fifth grade teacher at Frost Lake Elementary School. In the general education classroom, I use Flipgrid for things like setting goals and tracking progress, and then allowing students to reflect on their progress they're making on their goal. It also provides a platform for students to explain their thinking in their home language. In content-specific areas, students are able to respond to text, explain mathematical concepts using the embedded whiteboard, plan out writing projects. Students are also able to connect with one another and give them feedback on their work as well. The students also use Flipgrid for things like classroom incentive lip sync battles, the best part about Flipgrid is there's also a disco library that is full of different lessons and ideas on how to use Flipgrid in your classroom today. Hi, it's Martin here. Speaking as a special education teacher, I know that Flipgrid is a great tool that offers information in a different format on how it's represented, gives kids multiple ways to show what they have learned, and is a pretty fun way to motivate students and increase their stamina, engaging in tasks that may be difficult. This is perfectly aligned with a framework called Universal Design for Learning, or UDL. UDL is a research-based strategy that seeks to make learning accessible for all students. For example, just as a ramp helps those who experience physical challenges accessing a building, UDL gives students access to learning. Principles of UDL promote choice in how students demonstrate competency and knowledge, design engaging lessons, and identify different ways to present and make material accessible to students. These principles are all present in Flipgrid. Flipgrid contains various forms of scaffolding and representation of concepts for students with learning disabilities. Videos can be made to support social-emotional learning such as creating topics related to setting goals and encouraging positive behavior. Students who have difficulty with communication can enhance their skills by participating in discussions in a structured virtual space. With Flipgrid, not only do students with disabilities benefit, all students are able to learn together. The tool is borderless and has no walls. This, in turn, fosters a more inclusive environment at the school overall. Hi, it's Amanda. I'm going to tell you about using Flipgrid in a professional development capacity. Using Flipgrid in professional development helps staff to create meaning around instructional practices and strategies together by making each other's thought processes visible. We're able to model new instructional techniques both in the moment of PD or practice and video in the classroom. Using Flipgrid to share videos among staff means that professional development doesn't have to solely rely on me as a coach to provide PD and feedback, and it also enables us to provide more opportunities to share strategies and give feedback to each other. Flipgrid encourages and supports our school culture of sharing and risk-taking in becoming transformational educators. If you haven't tried Flipgrid, it's easy to sign up for an account and get started. Go to Flipgrid.com and tap the red button that says Educator Sign Up. Flipgrid even has a getting started guide to help you to set up your first grid and even offers free online PD to take a deeper dive when you're ready. When you try out Flipgrid, let us know how it goes. Share how you use Flipgrid and get inspiration from other educators by joining our Amplifying SPPS Voices grid. Just go to flipgrid.com and enter the code MADSEN, M-A-D-S-E-N 4693. Don't, Don't flip, flip out. out. Use Flipgrid. Flip
Thank you for listening to episode two of our podcast, Above the Line. Special thanks to Kelly Jensen, Martin Odima, and Amanda Madsen from Frost Lake for providing content for our staff highlight section. Links to things we mentioned are available in our episode notes page at spps.org backslash above the line. You can listen to the podcast there too, or listen and subscribe at anchor.fm backslash above the line. Our objective is to share advice to make technology relevant. We hope that you found something helpful to support the work that you do in SPPS. You'll be hearing from us at the end of November for episode three of the PL podcast. Above Above the the line. line.